Welcome to Projects from the Heart podcast. Listen as we talk with changemakers who are forging ahead to follow their dreams and passions. Get inspired by these trailblazers and hear them share their secrets of success. Find that aha moment, that inspired one-liner that will propel you to live your dreams and a more fulfilled life. Here are your hosts, Ingrid Verkamen and Jeff Poole. Hello, Women Beyond Ordinary. Welcome back. We are in for another amazing episode from Projects from the Heart. And we are thrilled. Before we introduce to you who we are going to bring on, I am going to say hello to my co-host, Jeff Paul. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Ingrid. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And how are you? I'm great. Thanks, Ingrid. I'm really looking forward to our special guest today, Susan Banhagi. One of the reasons I'm looking forward to this conversation is that I'm eager to learn about how to make money the modern way. Oh, yes, indeed. Susan is a geek, a chameleon <laughs> at, home, at home in all markets. She calls herself a serial entrepreneur and real entrepreneurs have several businesses throughout different industries. She has owned successful companies in different fields over many years, including investing, property development, sustainable designs, organic food production, biohacking, health, and personal development as well. Real estate and property development also. So she is one of a kind. So Ingrid, how did you meet Susan? I got to know her during the COVID-19 lockdown. We met for ah. the first time in panel discussions in online summits about making money and investing. With some people, you have this click and there it was, the click. I trust her, her judgment, her insight, her ideas. She has this open personality. And the magic that she brings to this conversation is that she found her real purpose which is establishing woman financial stability throughout cryptocurrencies. She says cryptocurrency is one of the most innovative wealth creation opportunities of our times, and I don't want women to miss out. Wow. So Susan has always been drawn to ventures that promote social good and conscious capitalism. And now her heart goes out to educate one million women to take control of their financial future and participate in the amazing wealth creation opportunities within the crypto space so they can become financially independent. I can't wait to hear her talking. Yes, indeed. She is a highly committed, spiritual, warm person. I like her very much and so will you. Find out more about her on Google, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and LinkedIn. I've got a feeling that this conversation is going to be really exciting. So let's bring her on. Susan, here we go. Hey, how are we going? <laughs> Hi, Susan. Welcome to you. Thank you. I'm, I'm so glad that we can have this conversation. You are a bit of a wild one. Over the years, <laughs> you managed to start, build, run, and sell several multi-million dollar ventures. Can I say money making sits in your DNA? Why is money so important to you, Suzanne? And when you say I've been a wild one, have you been talking to my mother? (laughs) 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 That's a a double-edged question for me because I don't 
consider myself to be a particularly materialistic person at all. But money, as we know it and, and understand it, is such a such an intimate personal part of everyone's DNA. Whether you're drawn to material things like fast cars and mansions and planes or, or not, money is still a very, very important part of your psyche, your emotional status and the way you perceive yourself in the world. So money is important, not just to me, but to everybody too. Not having enough money prevents you, I think, from fulfilling your true potential. And having, maybe some might say, having an excess of money also possibly prevents you from attaining your true potential. Money is, um, it is a part of life, when, no matter what form it is. It used to be coins and sheep and camels, and then it was paper money, then it was credit cards, and now there's new money counting. Mm. Well, you know, the way of the world is that we're all going digital and uh, everyone's getting on board, governments, institutions, banking facilities, cashless society is definitely on our doorstep. There's no denying that. You're quite an entrepreneurial person. How come was that to do with your background? Tell us a little bit about your background. Yes, well, I was born in, in Hungary, in Budapest, and uh, my parents moved to Canada. I have to say they had to take a step down, both of them, from the positions that they held back home. My father ended up washing dishes in a Hungarian restaurant until he learned how to speak English, and then went on to become an art director. He had been an art director back in Hungary. And he went on to be an art director and owning uh, the third largest advertising agency in Canada. So he worked very, very hard. And my mother also uh, worked in a photography studio and worked for fancy magazines. So they were both ambitious. Yes, that must have influenced me as a child that setbacks are not really to be perceived as setbacks, but just as things to get through to get to where you actually want to go. Mm. How young were you when you started your first business? Really from about the age of early 20s, I've always run my own businesses. So I don't know whether that's just because I don't like to take orders. <laughs> but uh, it just happened that way. I do like, like you said before, I tend to just follow my heart. My mother says a little bit too much, <laughs> but, but yeah, it paves the way forward. And if it feels right, and if I um, if I'm enjoying it, uh, and my it speaks to my heart, then I'll I'll follow that journey wherever it leads. <laughs> mm -hmm. In 2017, you were introduced to the cryptocurrency. It's just a whole new way of approaching money, isn't it? Well, it is. And um, to go back a little bit, the very first time I ever heard about Bitcoin was I had been headhunted to go to work in China to run a fashion design school. And I literally had all my stuff packed up in boxes waiting for the shipment to the delivery people to come. And it was 11 o'clock at night and I was just surfing the net as you do. And I came up upon this strange, mysterious language about new money. And this was 2209, just as Bitcoin was very first talked about. And it sparked something in me, some curiosity. What is this? What are they talking about? <laughs> New money and, you know, no interference from government and giving you autonomy. And 
said, oh, I want, I definitely want some of that. And it was just so unuser friendly back then. It was literally for programmers and developers, which I am definitely not. The only reason I couldn't buy any, I didn't know how to buy any, where to go, what to do with it. It's like a dog chasing a car. If he ever caught one, he wouldn't know what to do with it. <laughs> and the only thing that stopped me was that technically I just didn't know how to execute. And so I went to China where the internet was not very good. And it was a whole five, six years later that I uh, ran into it again. And uh, can I tell you, my intention that night, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to throw a thousand dollars at it. And just forget about it. And had I done that, I'd, I've done the calculations. <laughs> had I done that that night, I would now have over $12 billion. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> When uh, a friend of mine actually introduced me back again in uh, early 2017, might have even been like 16. And then I remembered, oh, yes, I remember that was what I was so drawn to way back then. And so I revisited it. Many, many things had changed. It had become a lot more user friendly. And so I decided I trusted this person. He's one of my mentors. Yeah, I, I think it has huge, huge potential to allow people some more uh, self-autonomy and uh, take back some control over not only their finances, but over their lives in general. I'm really excited hearing your story because there is possibly a lot of fear around this and, and there's so many snake oil salesmen out there that you don't really know whether you can trust people but i feel like that you're someone i can trust and so you're you're focusing on women aren't you yes i am because sadly uh, and the trend is continuing worse and worse every year women tend to be so uh, financially marginalized uh, in society and and not just in our society but the gender pay gap women are still getting up to not all in all instances but up to 30 percent less pay for same or similar work women take time out of their careers to raise children the ending of a marriage can leave women financially destitute more and more women are very under superannuated by the end of their careers because of all of these reasons. Women tend to do still the majority of the housework, looking after aging parents, and the list just goes on and on and on. And so women tend to end up severely under superannuated and under financially um, uh, set up towards you know the end of or getting closer to retirement. And uh, the, the shocking statistic is that the, the fastest growing sector of homelessness are women over 55. And that's right. here in Australia in a wealthy country. Susan, you call yourself crypto woman. Cryptos are your passion. And in your opinion, women need crypto. Why is that? Why? I think for several reasons, and it's a, it's a double-edged thing. I think women need crypto, but crypto needs women as well. Uh, I'll tell you a story. One of the huge crypto conferences I went to here in Sydney, and I looked around. It was two days, two full days. And by the end of the first afternoon, I looked around and thought, where, where are all the women? And I made a point to count how many women there were and there were four women out of 880 attendees but oh. the worst thing was that the other three were wait staff 
<laughs> oh, oh, oh my god there are actually only two you and somebody else <laughs> so i thought what is going on so i spent the next six months every networking event i went to to try and get to the bottom of this and it is it's a lot of fear uh, a lot of um, negativity. They still have all that sort of dark web rumors of 10 years ago in their heads that uh, nobody has corrected or they haven't bothered to look into. So there's a, there's a dark past cloud that is still hanging over crypto, even though so much has changed technologically, socially. It's, it's a completely different field now. Well, is it possible to create a passive income stream with cryptos that is secure and ongoing? Absolutely. Uh, there are several ways. Uh, what I do with my clients, the first thing we do is establish their risk-to-reward comfort zone, if you will, because obviously the more speculative something is, the more risk and the more reward. Uh, whereas there's plenty of ways to, I'll just give you an example, in the new DeFi space, there's plenty of ways to earn up from 10 to 16% per annum in a very, very safe, guaranteed way, which is, I mean, what are you getting at the banks these days? We're about to go into negative interest rates. So, and for the crypto space, that's, that's not that good return. A lot of uh, ways to make money in the crypto space, you can make that a month easily. Mm. It really just depends where each woman's uh, goals and expectations fall. And uh, we build a strategy, you know, for her to comfortably get to, to her goals and her destination. So it varies greatly. Yeah, but you know, the answer is definitely. <laughs> so where do you see the future of money going? What, what do you picture might happen? So the future of money is definitely cashless. Uh, cashless societies are being introduced all over the world. Um, America, Europe, here. I don't think any country uh, is going to be able to escape in the long run. And uh, that's not a, not a good thing for privacy. If you think about it, maybe 100 years ago, even 50 years ago, you got your pay in cash and uh, what you spent it on, whether it was bubble gum or on the horses or gambling, nobody knew about it and it was nobody's business but yours. And now with um, having to hand in cash and how that's going to play out, we don't know yet. Every, every penny that you spend is going to be known and recorded and where you spent it. And uh, people on government handouts or, or some sort of a welfare system or some sort of a payment system are going to tie criteria to your receiving that money and so your livelihood your standard of living your security your children's security is going to be very much dependent on you being an obedient citizen and we've already seen hints of that in china where they're prevented from you know getting on a plane even even the local trams or but that's that's coming and that's very very frightening and um i see cryptos as as the cash of tomorrow, because even though it is digital and it is traceable, it's peer-to-peer. -peer. So it's not, uh, it's not a controlling central authority watching every penny you spend, but it's a peer network that is only coming to a consensus to approve or disapprove a transaction between two pseudonymous people. So it's not completely anonymous because of the wallet addresses, but uh, it's only transactions and the network has no ulterior motive to not allow a transaction 
transaction to go through. As long as the network technically agrees that this is a valid transaction, it goes through without any judgment, without any interference. And so it's like digital cash, which is, I think it's a good thing. We all, we all deserve privacy. How do you pay with cryptos if you want to buy something? Uh, well, these are, and I have to say in Australia, it's much harder than the rest of the world. In Europe, there are a lot of uh, Bitcoin um, and other coin ATMs, a uh, lot more retail outlets accept uh, cryptos in various forms. Australia's quite behind in that sense. So, but it's changing. It's still very, very young. People think that it's only just turned 10 years old this year in January. So it's still early days and it's just changing so, so rapidly. I mean, even from the time that I've been in it, it's become so much more user-friendly. And I'm, I'm glad I got in when I did because it was hard. It was a learning curve. And I've run a lot of businesses and I'm fairly tech savvy, but it was a learning curve, definitely. And it, I equated to learning to drive on a manual car or an automatic. I'm glad I learned on a manual. <laughs> Because I think it makes you a better driver. <laughs> uh, I googled it for New Zealand and there is not a single ATM in New Zealand. There you go. Yeah, I think there's only three here in Sydney. One down at Circular Quay. There's one somewhere here in Bondi at a newsagent, but I've never been able to find it. So, <laughs> so you've got a goal of educating one million women to take control of their financial future. How's it coming along? Well, a lot slower than I originally thought. I decided to, when I decided to jump in and uh, I thought to myself, everything that I've learned, I have to pass it on because this is really, really important. And I thought if I set myself an audacious goal, <laughs> that will not only inspire me, but also inspire others who hear about it. And so I set this one million I started Crypto Women Global in September, October of 18. I really wanted to start in these small little intimate groups where I could reach more women. And then we all know this year COVID hit. <laughs> and then February, March, all these women started appearing and uh, reaching out to me. The first few I want to start off with just intimate groups of six, maybe eight maximum. And then we can you know, start building up from there. So can you describe the satisfaction when you get a woman to double her money through your education and encouragement? Well, I think the feeling is better for her. <laughs> 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 but, um, but of course, it's a wonderful feeling. But it's, uh, for me, it's not just about the money because I know that doubling your money in the crypto space is, is very, very doable. People don't tend to believe that when they first start working with me, it's very doable. So that doesn't surprise me. What is more satisfying to me is that she's gained new knowledge. So she's grown as a person. She's gained new skills to deal with that new knowledge. And that will then allow her, if not immediately, but you know, very soon down the road, will allow her to double her own money time and time again on her own. And that is more exciting to me because then she will talk to her friends and then they will be enticed to learn more about it. And then, then it will start to have a massive ripple effect. So that's much more exciting to me than just you know, doubling your money. So it's really about creating those success stories, which then ripple out, yeah. create more success stories. Yeah, yeah. 
skeptical. What's the difference between digital currency and crypto and Bitcoin? There are lots of different terms. Well, the, the blockchain is the fundamental foundation, the technical foundation. So the blockchain is the phone and the apps are Bitcoin, Ethereum, all the various coins. And now, as each of us have a different set of apps on our phone, depending on our likes, our interests, and so on, each of us will be drawn to different kinds of coins and projects, depending on our tastes and our goals. Each of us will have the blockchain technology and whatever project we are drawn to, to you know, invest in, make money with. But the two can't work without the other. So a phone without apps would be boring, and apps just literally couldn't exist without the phone as a foundation. Why is it now the best time to get into cryptos? Lately, the Bitcoin is dropping and then it goes up. Very volatile, which is why most traders have uh, switched over from traditional markets into crypto, because there's a lot more money to be made, because it doesn't matter whether the market is going up or down, if you know what you're doing. I think last year, only about 1% of the population had been involved in the crypto space, like mm -hmm. as an investor. And I think that's doubled now to 2%. So it's oh. still a tiny, tiny, tiny percentage. Oh, yeah. And as more and more people come on board, let's say we reach 10% in the next, next 10 years. That's a tenfold or fivefold from where we are now. So that will have a stabilizing effect on, on all of that volatility. Like, for instance, now I tell people I wouldn't be buying anything with Bitcoin. Now is the time to accumulate because the price over the next 10 years, I mean, we've seen it's, it's gone up 12,000 percent and it is likely to continue. It is by far the best performing asset of all time. If that continues, then whatever Bitcoin you've spent today You've spent a lot more in its potential value had you kept it. So now is the time to accumulate, not spend. That's my opinion. Mm. Some people do live off Bitcoin and, you know, that's their decision. Personally, I'm in accumulation phase. There's obviously uh, some risk because without risk, there's no return. What would some of the dangers be? Uh, and, well, the, some of the dangers are... There, there seems to be two very different attitudes. There are the people like me who are the diehard advocates <laughs> who are going to hang in. Uh, and we have absolute faith and trust that in the long term, it's going to be worth it on many levels, not just financial. And then there are the people who want to jump in and out and think that they're going to make a quick buck. Now, that is a lot more risky because nobody can pick the absolute top or the absolute bottom. Mm -hmm. And there is a saying within the crypto space that when the price is up, there's a lot of hype and mom and pop um, investors want to get in when it's almost at the top because they keep hearing about it. It's on the news, it's on the TV, it's on the everywhere. Oh, let's get in, let's get in. That means that it's almost at the top of its price high, you know, all time high price. And then, It'll start going down. Then the people who don't have absolute faith and trust, when it starts going down, they start panicking that they're going to lose their money. They start selling off. That makes the price go down even further. Um, and these are called weak hands. 
So um, in the crypto space, there's a lot of laughter about that, that all oh, the weekends have got in and now the weekends are getting out and, uh, you know, they're playing their game. So it really comes down to if you don't have a fundamental belief that this is the way of the future and you can, that belief gives you the strength to ride out these ups and downs, then you will constantly be living in fear. Um, and that's not a nice place to be. And you will end up losing money probably. Yeah. <laughs> that's good advice. How does someone get into it? The first thing is not to understand Bitcoin. The first thing is to understand uh, our current economic structures and how they're failing us, because then you will understand why Bitcoin matters. So I think that the very first thing is that people do have to understand what is going on. And still 90% of the people don't believe me that cash bans are already in legislation that bail-in laws were brought in back in 18, February of 18, which means literally <laughs> that they can freeze your accounts anytime they want. Most people I t talk to not only don't believe me, not, not only don't realize this, but actually don't believe me when I say these things. And so when we look at the GFC of 208 and now what's happening, people always say, oh, this is like GFC2. And, and my response is no, it's still GFC1 because all of those issues that caused that GFC were never fixed. They were band-aided over, they were taken advantage of, they were exploited, mm -hmm. and people just, you know, went on with their busy lives and now we're living the consequences of those issues not having been addressed back then. And in fact, I, I have to interject here that Bitcoin was specifically created in 209 as a direct response to the GFC of 208. So this mysterious figure, Satoshi Nakamoto, we don't know if it's a man, woman, entity, group, association, we don't know, said this is crazy for all of us to just blindly be living our lives while mysterious things happen uh, above our heads by nefarious groups and entities who do not have our best interest at heart and we have to pay for the consequences and here is an alternative solution and it took off it took off because it sparked like in me it sparked something in people that said yes we've got to do something about this very interesting Thank you so much, Susan, for explaining your passion to educate one million women how to create an abundant life. And yes, there is a way out of poverty. Women can retire with enough money to live their dream life, a life with high quality. I'm sure that everyone will be touched by your words and insights. Keep up the good work. I'm Thank blown you. away. Thank you. Thank you, Ingrid. It's always great to chat to you. Great to meet you. Too. Thank you so much. I think it just it would have inspired so many women and you're about to help many women prepare. So thank you. Been thrilled to meet you. Thank you. Really exciting and to hear your story. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. It was great. Thanks so much for tuning in. And before we leave, perhaps something sparked in you. You may have questions or just want to surround yourself with like-minded people, other entrepreneurs and women beyond ordinary. Join our Facebook page and also a closed group, WBO Exclusive Club, where women can be open 
and where it is safe to talk and get inspired. We would love you to tune in soon. Have a lovely day.